Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. This is our podcast about sailing the East Coast of the United States. In some episodes, we will focus on passages and destinations. In other episodes, we'll talk about boats, equipment, and techniques. And every once in a while, when we come across an interesting person, we'll try to get them as a guest on the show. Now, Bela, what makes this podcast unusual is that only one of us sails. Yeah, so I'm the sailor. I've been sailing for over 30 years, uh, not across oceans, but on lakes and coastal cruising on the East Coast of the United States. And I, Mike, know very little about sailing. I don't even really know the difference between a, a rope and a line, and that's going to come into play today, I think, Bela, a little <laughs> foreshadowing. But so, uh, as is usual, I will ask most of the questions, and Bela, you will try your best to answer me with good humor and patience, as always. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about a new piece of equipment I put on the boat. Uh, one of our recent episodes, we talked about getting the boat ready, uh, awakening the boat from its winter hibernation, and getting it ready to put back into the water. Uh, so when it's out of the water, uh, you have access to the underside of the boat. Uh, and uh, so it's a good time to do maintenance. And uh, if you're going to add any equipment uh, to put it on when it's not in the water. So I installed a prop shaft line cutter. So, Mike, do you remember what a prop shaft line cutter is? I do, Bailey. And maybe I remember it because it's such a tongue twister, which you handled very nicely, by the way. Um, and the other reason I remember this is because on one of my few sailing trips, I was on a sailboat. They got into, let's call it an accidental tangle uh, with a line from a lobster trap. I think a line, not a rope, right? A line. I got that right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this uh, prop shaft line cutter is a small stainless steel device that you install at the end of the propeller shaft, right? And it's designed to cut a line that might get entangled in that shaft before it has this opportunity to wrap itself fully around the prop like it did on the boat I was on. Um, and I think that you told me that that could create a pretty nasty situation. So that's my recollection. How'd I do? Uh, Mike, as usual, you're a quick learner and uh, correct uh, to a point. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about uh, the situation these tools are designed to avoid, uh, right? So one of the challenges in sailing on the East Coast, uh, particularly when you're in bays and shallower water and near shore, uh, there's lots of crab and lobster pots. And uh, it's not about hitting the crab or lobster pot, which is down on the bottom of the, of the water. So it's in 20, 30, 50, 100 feet of water. Uh, but each of those crab pots or lobster pots is attached to a line. Uh, and that line is attached to a small float that floats on the surface of the water. And these various different floats or, or buoys, as I like to call them, are painted various colors. Uh, and those colors are how the the fishermen, the crab folks or the lobster folks, uh, identify their pots. So a particular uh, fisher uh, fisherman would paint their, their floats a certain color combination so they know that, that that's their pot. And uh, so the challenge is uh, these pots, uh, you know, are on the bottom. The buoy's at the top. It's connected by a rope, and there's tides and currents. And uh, if you're not careful... Uh, you can uh, run over uh, the line and it can get sort of tangled up in, in, your, in your propeller. And that, that's a bad situation uh, to be in. Now, unfortunately, they, they have to have these buoys because that's how they retrieve the lobster pot, right? They pick up the buoy, they wrap the line around a, a lifter mechanism and it kind of brings their pot up. They check it, 
they put more bait in it and they drop it back down into the water. So that's sort of the situation and it's pretty prevalent on the East Coast. Uh, and I'm sure it's prevalent in other parts of the world as well. Um, but it's something that you sort of have to look out for. So I've seen these crab and lobster fishermen on TV and read about them in books and things like this. And it looks like a really difficult, challenging job. Um, and these, these lobster pots must be worth a bit of money, I would imagine, right? E even empty, right? Um, so I can understand they don't want to lose them. Yeah, I think they are worth money. And, and they're worth even more money if they're full of uh, lobsters or crabs. Yeah. <laughs> and you can imagine if you lose one of these, and it sits on the bottom of the of the bay or the ocean, and there's bait in it, it'll fill up with crabs or lobsters, and the lobsters and crabs can't get out, and they're gonna die. So it's not good for anybody if they if they get lost. Uh, so, so the challenge is, uh, as a sailor or a boater, you're trying to avoid hitting these buoys. And uh, you know, we, we, we want to avoid them because we respect the folks who make their living from the sea. Uh, you know, they're hard workers and, and I like eating seafood. So I have a lot of respect for those folks, but unfortunately every once in a while we'll end up inadvertently running one of these over uh, because we don't see it. Uh, you can imagine uh, that if the, if there's what wavy or the angle of the sun, you might not be able to see these things. And if this happens while you're sailing, uh, you might not even notice it for a while that you snagged the lobster pot. Uh, because it may or may not slow the boat down. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a challenge you think, okay, so what do, what do we do? Um, and that's always a challenge. Uh, what I like to do is, if possible, and the conditions allow, I like to stop the boat once I notice it, uh, swim down, and see if I can untangle the thing. But that's not always possible. So if that's not possible, what are you going to do? And, and that's, you know, part of, part of what we're trying to address here. So I totally get this. This is interesting. Now, um, I had it happen to me once and I haven't sailed a lot. Is this something that happens often when you're up off the coast of Maine and all the places where lobster pots and, and crab pots are? Well, I've, I think I can, I can remember hitting maybe a total of three or four of them in all the sailing I've done. Uh, and we just snagged one of them. So I can remember hitting them because you could hear it bang against the hull. You go, oh, I think we hit that one. Mm -hmm. And then you're sort of waiting for it to pop out behind the boat. And hopefully it's still floating there. Uh, and just one of them got tangled around the prop. Uh, so most of the time, if you keep a keen eye out, you can spot, you can spot these buoys and avoid them. Uh, and after all, in a sailboat, you're only going five or six knots. So, you know, it's not, you're not going very fast. Uh, however, but in, you know, low light conditions or sun glare or waves, sometimes they're almost impossible to see because these buoys are not very big. They're maybe a foot long and uh, they're most of the times colorful, but sometimes they're painted dark colors. Clearly at night, you can't see them. So, you know, sailing at night where the water's shallow is a challenge with all these uh, lobster and crab pots around. So it, it's, uh, it doesn't happen often. At least it hasn't happened often to me. Uh, but if it does happen, uh, the consequences can be pretty, pretty devastating. So you, you jump down, you try to get it untangled. What happens if you can't get it untangled, Bela? Yeah, well, like I said, it only happened once and we were able to get it untangled for me. But I've heard plenty of stories where 
you can't. And I can imagine sometimes the water is cloudy, the waves are big, uh, the current's strong. You, you just can't jump overboard. So uh, here's the challenge, right? So if this gets tangled around your propeller, uh, you can't use your motor. And uh, even when you're sailing, uh, if you're dragging a 50-pound lobster pot behind your boat, it can get very difficult to maneuver your boat and sail it. And worse yet, uh, you're dragging this big thing behind your boat. It may get snagged on something on the bottom, and it's wrapped around your propeller. Uh, so there's a real danger of, of it getting snagged on the bottom, and it'll rip your propeller off and maybe pull your propeller shaft off, or at worst, which would leave a big hole in your boat, or at least bend things down there, uh, which would you know cost you a fair amount of money to get fixed. And again, you can't use your motor. Uh, so using your, even though we're a sailboat, uh, I don't have the sailing skills that I can sail my boat into a port or into the marina. I'm just not that good. There are people who can do that, but I need to have a motor on my boat to sort of be able to come into a narrow channel and, you know, get the boat into, into Harbor. Um, so I got to have use of my motor. Okay. So you, you got to get this line cut, right? You got to right. get it out of there or else you're in trouble. Somehow I got to get it out of there or I got to call a tow company to tow me in. <laughs> That's the other option, right? There are these towing services just like on the road or the highway. Uh, they'll come and tow you in. Um, so, you got to figure out a way of getting it off. Okay. So this prop shaft line cutter cuts the line somehow, right? Is that what I remember you telling me? Yeah. So that's the idea. Uh, there are several different designs, but they all sort of work on the same principle. Uh, as the prop shaft spins, there's a sharp piece of metal that spins along with the propeller shaft that cuts the line. Uh, that's the fundamental idea. There's several different designs. And what I did is I sort of looked around at the various different brands. So this will give you a little insight as to sort of how I figure out stuff to buy. Uh, you know, I sort of looked around at the various different brands, checked out their websites. Uh, the nice thing about the sailing community is there's a whole bunch of reviews and forums out there about sailing. Uh, and these topics often get covered in these various different forums. Uh, you know, there's so much information out there these days that actually sorting through it is part of the challenge. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I sort of like to look for patterns. Uh, if I, if three or four people say, Hey, I have one of those and it, it works great. Uh, that's my, probably some meaningful input. Uh, you know, you have to sort of read these forum posts carefully. Oftentimes, you know, someone will say, well, I don't have one, but here's what I think about it. <laughs> so I, I put less credence on those types of comments. Uh, so I try to try to sort of get the pattern of, you know, what seems to work well, what people like, uh, what doesn't work well. So I, I looked at several of them. So I looked at one called the Shaft Shark. Uh, that's a brand name. Uh, then there's another one called the SALC Line Cutter uh, Anode Combination. And then there's a Spurs Line Cutter and an Evolution Shaft Razor. And the last one I looked at was the Marine Rope Cutter. So there's, what's that, five or six different brands out there. And uh, they come in various different sizes because they most of them bolt onto your propeller shaft. My propeller shaft happens to be an inch and a quarter in diameter. Uh, and uh, the, the price ranges from $75 to $500 for these. So there's quite a bit of price variation. Um, and after reading all the forums and stuff, I concluded 
that the uh, shaft shark is the one that would work best for me. And by the way, I'll have all of these uh, brands in the show notes for those people who are interested. You did some sort of analysis on each of these. Yeah. Can you kind of clue me in as to how you did your analysis and how you uh, how you determine which one you want to buy? Because it seems like there's sure. a pretty big range here. Yeah. 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 There's a big range in price and, and sort of design concepts. Uh, so I put my engineering hat on. Uh, you know, this is when my engineering education uh, has been valuable in various different parts of my life. Uh, and one of the key requirements I had was I wanted a, one of I wanted one where I could it could be installed without removing the propeller. So some of these, uh, you know, they all bolt to the to the prop shaft somehow. And uh, with some of them, you actually have to remove the propeller uh, to put it on. Uh, position it and then reinstall the propeller. Uh, there's a couple that uh, the propeller shaft or the propeller does not need to be removed. So that was one of the reasons I zeroed in uh, on the shaft shark because it was one of the few, uh, not the only one, but one of the few um, that can be done that way. So it's sort of a, the shaft shark is a flat circular piece of stainless steel. It's about a half inch thick, so it's pretty substantial. Uh, it's got sharp edges that are machined into it, like uh, all around the perimeter. And I would say that the, the sharp edges sort of look like the cutting edges of a bread knife. So if you can imagine the surface of a bread knife, uh, but it's sort of a bread knife on steroids uh, that are around the circumference of this piece of stainless steel. Uh, and it's split down the middle uh, across its diameter. So it comes in two, two halves that you can then put on the prop shaft and bolt together and it clamps itself onto the propeller shaft. Uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, jewelry for a boat. I mean, it's sort of what it looks like. It's this glimmering piece of stainless steel. Uh, and uh, so again, you could put it on the, on, you can install it without removing the propeller. So it's actually possible to install this when the boat is on in the water uh, because uh, you can actually dive down if you can hold your breath long enough or if you have a scuba tank and you could install this if you wanted to while the boat is still in the water. Uh, it's a little harder to take your propeller off in the water. It can be done, uh, but again, it's going to take a, a bit more time. Okay, interesting. So you installed this thing? Uh, no, not yet, Mike. Okay. Uh, so I ordered it. Uh, 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 last time I was out the boat when I got her uncovered is when I decided to get one of these for sure, and I made the measurements on, uh, you know, to make sure it would fit. Uh, and I just ordered it. I got it a few days ago. Uh, and, you know, like I said, it's it looks really well made. I'm impressed uh, by it. Uh, it's machined out of a solid piece of stainless steel. And, you know, it looks like a big old piece of jewelry. I call it boat jewelry. <laughs> and the cut, cutting edges are sharp for sure. Uh, so I'm going to the boat next week. Uh, and I'm going to install it uh, at that time. And then uh, that'll be before the boat goes in the water. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully... Uh, this summer, when I'm cruising around New England, uh, I'll be a little bit less anxious about hitting a crab or lobster pot. Uh, but of course, the best action is to avoid hitting them and and to be on the alert and on the lookout for them. But just in case, if I do hit one, hopefully uh, it, this will uh, prevent the line from being wrapped around the propeller and disabling the boat. And in one way, it's sort of like thinking about buying insurance because um, that's sort of what you're doing. It's a, it's a preventative thing that you're, you're installing on your boat that uh, hopefully will keep you out of trouble in the future. 
Makes sense, Bela. Cool. Well, thanks. I learned a lot about prop shaft line cutters, all right, which I never thought I'd be talking about, but uh, but it makes sense. And kind of just to recap a little bit that, you know, interacting with uh, with these lines from uh, lobster and crab pots is uh, inevitable if you're sailing uh, the Northeast. I know I've seen them everywhere so from Maine down to uh, Virginia, even down farther, a little South than that, I think. And I think, so I think they're pretty common, right. And you got to be careful. So this, this tool, this, this kind of cool tool, this smart tool that, uh, Bella you've installed on your boat, you can buy a, a number of different varieties, but they can be fairly easily installed and give you a little peace of mind. And again, hopefully you don't have to use it, but if you do, uh, you've got something there that might prevent a expensive or time consuming fix. So another episode. Listeners, thanks for joining us. I hope you found this as interesting and thought-provoking as I did. If you have questions about what we've discussed or suggestions for what you'd like Bela and I to cover or you have some questions that, you know, like me, have a lot of questions and not so many answers, please send them our way. Our email is sailingtheeast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, let us know. And better yet, tell a friend. So until next time, signing off from Upstate New York. See you soon, Mike. Great, Bela. That's it from over here in Münster, Germany. See you next time. Mm-hmm.